there are folks that can execute and a lot of folks that can't. And as a broker, you only get compensated when a deal is done. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guest, I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and we have a special segment for you today since it is Sunday. So we must do Skill Set Sunday, and it's not only a must, but it's a need because we've got a guest today that's going to give us a really beneficial skill that we need to implement in order to get more deals sent our way. The specific skill is, as you can tell from the title of the episode, five ways to maximize your success with a real estate broker. So with us today, we have Eric Odom. How are you doing, Eric? Great, Joe. How are you doing? Really well. And thank you again for being on the show. Eric's got decades of experience in real estate. He's a commercial real estate broker First, he was a lender, and now he is a broker. His focus is on office, retail, and multifamily investments. He's got a wonderful podcast. You got to go check that out. It's called Invest Florida, actionable real estate investment talk with a focus on Florida, and his website's investfloridashow.com. With that being said, Eric, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now, and then we'll get into Skill Set Sunday and the skill. Yeah, absolutely. And Joe, I want to tell you, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I've, I've been a listener of yours for, for a while. You give some great advice. And just like you, we uh, we started the Invest Florida show. I, you know, we don't, we're, you're a lot more active than we are. You're, you are really active. I mean, you do a great job in, in getting great content and producing a lot of great content. And we do a weekly show. But I mean, really, we started with the, with the podcast with the intent of just providing an encyclopedia of information for our listeners and, and clients, we're getting repetitive questions on how to invest, what to, how to do certain deals, what are ways to get financing and this sort of thing. And we're very focused on the Florida market. In fact, our show is, is really, we'll talk about certain segments inside of Florida. And then we'll also talk about general uh, investing topics as, as well. I got my start 
back in the late 80s and early 90s as a commercial real estate broker. And I'm sorry, as a commercial real estate lender, I was with a large uh, regional bank and uh, sort of, you know, evolved into where I am today. And in 2003, we started doing um, actual uh, brokerage, moved away from the lending side. And I had a couple of businesses in between, but um, we've been lend, uh, brokering uh, deals since uh, 2003, everything from syndicated to small multifamily. It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, w- our clients are after uh, cash flow primarily. Uh, some of them are capital gains too, but we got into the business trying to provide uh, a cash flow um, alternative for uh, for our clients. And so it'll be pretty much across the uh, across the board. One of the things that we noticed in terms of dealing with investors fairly early on is that there are folks that can execute and a lot of folks that can't. And as a broker, you only get compensated when a deal is done. And so if 10 people will call you and nine of them are not capable of executing and only one of them is, it becomes a race of time for you to be able to make a living weeding out the folks that, that can't do help uh, or can't do a deal, can't execute and find the one person that can. And a, a lot of the nine that can, it could be a, a variety of, uh, of reasons why they don't have their financing lined up, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I think that's what we want to talk a little bit about today was trying to get inside of that inner circle, because I think, you know, really for us, there's maybe a dozen clients that we, they get all of our off market deals. They get, they get telephone calls personally from us when we find deals. We're working all day trying to find cash flow deals, and I don't think we're any different from any other real estate broker. And that that, that stands for both commercial and residential. I, I think when you're on the investment side of the business, you have a, a small clique of, of clients that you work with, and that it's kind of hard to get into that clique. And so there's you know there's there's a process I think that you can go through to try to get in when you can show a broker that you can execute, you get in the inner circle and you get the best deals. That's what we want to talk about. Is that what you had in mind, Joe? Yeah, I like that a lot because, you know, the challenge for people who are just starting out or have not as many deals as someone who's been in the industry for 20 years is that they don't have the track record of a portfolio of properties they've closed on. But to your point, it's all about people who can close on deals because that's how brokers get paid. That makes sense. So I'm interested to hear these five ways to get into that inner circle and maximize our success with a broker and keeping that in mind as well. Yeah. And I think generally speaking, you know, you've got investment brokers and standard real estate brokers, whether it be residential, commercial, and then guys that will kind of do both. On the residential side, it is overwhelmingly people looking for homes as owner-occupied, and they're a completely different animal. I think we need to point that out first because my mother's a residential real estate broker, and she does the owner-occupied dwellings. There's very, very limited amounts of investment. It really doesn't even care about it that much. And the difference in that is she doesn't really look at things from a number standpoint. She'll look at things, and she's—I I say she—but really, it's 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 the, it's the nature of the beast on the residential property side that are just doing residential owner-occupied deals. She's not looking at cash flow. She—that is not important. Right. To her. What's important to yep. her is what's the value of that deal relative to other deals in the neighborhood, 
And is that got is the oak tree in the front yard nice? Is the swimming pool <laughs> nice? No, I'm just serious about this. And also, oh, I know, no, I, I yeah, it's completely different, yeah. completely different for for people who are looking to buy to move in versus people who are looking at numbers. So let's talk about the five ways for investors specifically. So let's dive into number one. What's number one? Well, the first thing is you've got to be able to convince that broker that you're capable of executing. And so, you know, in terms of meeting with them and showing them that, one, you've got your financing lined up. So that's the most important thing. If you can, you know, get past that first telephone call or email or whatever it might be and say, hey, I'm a buyer and my finances lined up. So that's number one. You know, get your financing lined up, you know, whatever that might be, hard money, bridge money, whatever it might, bank funding, whatever it is, and have it prepared to be able to show that broker that you're, you're ready to go. That's number one. Number two be specific about what you're looking for. Serious buyers know what they're looking for. They'll come to us and they will say, I am looking for a 20 to 50 unit apartment complex. I'm looking for at the price point of X, Y, and Z, and I'm looking for it in this general vicinity. Please keep me in mind. So you're, you're specific about, you've got your financing lined up. You're specific about what you're looking for. Folks that probably aren't going to get a call back, and I'll give you an example that, that won't, they say, well, maybe I want office. Maybe I want a single family home. Maybe I want it in Tampa. Maybe I want it in Orlando. That There's an education process for that, that most brokers are not going to invest the time with you if you don't have your ducks in a row in terms of what you're actually looking for. So financing, know what you're looking for, and then reach out to them. Go go see if you can get coffee. You'd be lucky if, if, if they'll actually afford you the time. But try to do that. Try to reach out to them. Be consistent, but not a pest. You know, make sure that they understand the things that you're looking for, and there's a, there's a clear communication. You want to try to form that relationship because these guys, that's all they do. We're, we're out. I have a dedicated staff just to go out and try to hunt deals. I know a lot of folks can do this on their own uh, in terms of you know looking for deals, but they, it's hard for them to apply the resources that we apply to going out and trying to hunt deals. So we have a pretty good you know, uh, ability to be able to, to, to hunt deals. And most other investment brokers do. Investment brokers, I'll, I'll make a point of saying that. Sign up for their email list. That's number three. So, or number, I think we're on number four now, right? Three, three. Second was be specific about what you're looking for. And third? And third is sign up for their email list because that's the easiest way for them to sort of get started is, you know, if they've got one, ask for that. And that way, you know, our email list is probably, there's probably 3,000 names on our email list. And when we get a multifamily property, obviously the first people we're calling are the ones that we know can execute. And if they're not interested, then we'll send it out to the guys that we think can execute, but maybe they're not as, they have some financing contingencies and whatnot that we have to worry about. They're this sort of the next group. And then we're going to bring it out to the general, general masses. But if you get on that list and you provide feedback and you say, you know, Eric, this looks great, or Mr. Broker, this looks great, but it would be better if it had X, Y, and Z. And this enables the, the broker to know that you're engaged, you're actually paying attention to what he's doing, and he's able to more define what your investment criteria on, and it's sort of a little tap on the head without being a, a pest. And then and then finally, the... Uh, well, I'm on number four you're now. You're on number four. Okay, so I've got, have your financing lined up, knowing exactly what you're looking for, signing up for the email list. Number four is providing the feedback. So you're, you know, you're giving feedback and you're engaging with them. And then the final one is being persistent about staying in touch with them, but not being a pest. Eventually, what's going to happen when they see, and it, it's going to be multiple touches as it is with any relationship, 
the broker is going to see this guy knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's looking for. He has his act together and he's engaged with me. The broker starts becoming more engaged uh, with you, the investor. And before you know it, you've made it into inner circle and there you are. You're home free. Besides providing feedback on emails that you receive, how do you stay engaged? What are some best, the best ways? You know, an email is really the, the, the best method because, I mean, we get, the challenge with any broker is time. And investors, I'm sure, understand this because they go through exactly the same thing. How do you allocate time? And so if you're, you know, folks that are calling, all, all, it's tough to, to have many telephone calls in a day. Email is a lot more, a, a lot better way to stay in touch. Um, and it's a, it's a quick touch and, you know, the broker and you can respond and maximize productivity by uh, getting those lighter touches. And then maybe once a quarter, picking up the phone and calling and, and just seeing what's, uh, what's going on. How much can you say this isn't for me until it picks apart what they're trying to share with everybody? Because you also don't want to put down kind of the opportunity that they are just presenting to the world. Well, this is a great point because it really comes down to are your expectations realistic? And maybe that needs to be part of the discussion that's had with the broker. There needs to be the feedback on the other side. If you continually say no, 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 you might not have realistic expectations or there's a lack of there's a there's a, a disconnect in the communication between you and, and the broker. So ask, you know, eventually the guy's going to stop emailing or not responding to you. If he's just, you know, no, 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 we'll say, listen to me and, and listen, Mr. Broker, and do you think I'm being realistic? We, I've said no about these four or five things that you've sent over. Am I being realistic? And he'll respond to you and say, hey, I think really what you need to broaden a little bit or it might, you might be waiting two years before you find what you're looking for or, or it might never appear. So I, I, there has to be the interaction back and forth, no doubt. And I noticed in number one, show that you have financing lined up. You didn't mention property management of it. So is that an important aspect? Because from what I've, what I've come across, it's important to align yourself with some, if you're not doing the management yourself, to, to align yourself with some companies locally, one of them being a property management firm that has a good track record. That way it helps add to your credibility to the broker. Yeah. And obviously the list is pretty simplistic, right? I mean, there's a lot of other factors that could end up being red flags that maybe that's not such a great fit. But if we get folks from St. Louis, Missouri, for example, or from Minnesota, and they're looking for a 20-unit apartment complex, it's going to send off sort of a red flag for us, even though they might seem to be pretty consistent about They really need to have that relationship with the management company, as you say, that would make us feel good because you might – have they really thought it out properly in terms of how they're going to take care of it? So we would ask those questions and determine, and you know, again, maybe the, maybe the investor's not realistic. Hey, I'm going to have my – you know, 20 year old nephew who's at University of South Florida manages this thing. And you're like, oh man, maybe this is not the greatest, the greatest idea, you know? <laughs> On that initial phone call, what would you love as a broker if I'm interested in, and where are you in Florida? We're in Tampa. Yeah, I thought so. So if I'm interested in Tampa and I find you online, what's the best way to have our initial phone call? As far as what should I say? I think, again, it comes down to we have a lot of people tapping us on the head and asking for our time. So if the individual has a fairly reasonable idea of what they're trying to accomplish and has shown the capacity to be able to move into where they're moving, we will reach out and try to, uh, to make contact. 
and, and, and have that initial phone call. And so what you're going to want out of that is, again, have clarity about what you're looking for and show the capacity that you know what you're talking about. And we'll be able to tell from that conversation whether that person is capable of executing. If you're a single family individual and you're moving into multifamily, that doesn't preclude you from being, you know, uh, being having a relationship with a multifamily broker. Just explain, hey, I've had six single family homes. I'm comfortable with residential. We're trying to find a 20 unit apartment complex and we've got financing lined up. Can you talk to us because we're trying to have an exploratory we want to have an exploratory discussion and align ourselves with the broker that might be able to help us find that deal. That would get a telephone call from, from us all the time. What are some questions that you're commonly asked during those initial conversations? Wow, that's pretty open-ended. In terms of... Let me rephrase then. What are some questions that you're annoyed by during those initial conversations? Or you're, you're thinking, well, you shouldn't be asking me this, and then you immediately write them off and are waiting to hang up and then move on to your, with your day? And have no focus. And we get a lot of the, t- the most common one is somebody moving from a single family saying they really don't want to deal with the toilets and trash anymore, but there's not a plan of how to continue to stay in real estate, but getting rid of the day-to-day issues that you have with single family homes. There's no plan for that. And so they'll call and they'll say, I just want to get in commercial because it seems easier to me. <laughs> we don't have the capacity, the bandwidth to be able to educate that person. They might be capable of executing, but they don't understand what values are. and They don't understand the difference between ha- the issues of handling an office property and a multifamily property. That's the type of deal that, man, it's, it's hard for us really to engage someone like that. They need to be able to do the research and ask lots of questions to other investors. Go to your RIA meetings, talk to multifamily investors in your community and get an idea of multifamily is the way to go or retail before you pick up the phone to call a broker because they just don't have the bandwidth to be able to educate you. You need to educate yourself and get a feel of where you're going. And when you're prepared to do that, then seek out the broker that's going to best suit you. And I'll tell you, when you're looking for brokers, I'm going to add one more point. Go to their websites and see you can see what they do. Is it owner-occupied types of rental properties or their investment properties on their site? You can kind of get a feel for what they're doing and, and who's a player in the market. When you're running the numbers on deals and you're working with a broker, do you expect your investor or your client to share how they run the numbers and the thought process and even like the spreadsheet or do you get, do you not get to that level of detail? Oh no, we definitely, we want to know that they have some concept of the numbers because what we don't want to have happen is you get into a deal and then all of a sudden they're like, well, I didn't know about the water I didn't know about the, the trash. I thought the tenants took care of that. They take care of that in Georgia where I'm from, and it's different here. You know, we want to be able to make sure all those things are vetted before we start making offers. We've, you know, we found a potential investor that has experience and we think they would be a good fit for us. We're going to, you know, want to make sure their, their expectations are matched to what our market provides. So, yeah, we will run through those numbers, no doubt. Do you have a template that you share with them if they're running, if everything, if the boxes are all checked, they have the focus, they've got the, they've got the money, but they've got maybe a template that's just not as good as others. Do you give them yours and help them through that? Or is that too much of a learning curve? Again, it's kind of a gray area. It really depends. I mean, how far off are they? Are they just back of the napkin types of estimates? There's no exit plan and strategies. It seems like to me that that would be an individual that need a lot of handholding. But if somebody's just you know, they're, they've got some expectation of what their exit strategy is, but it doesn't really 
there's some things that just don't jive. They need, we, we will provide them with, with our template, and we've got pretty good cash flow management uh, software to help people work through the investment uh, decision process with them. Eric, is there anything else you want to mention to the best ever listeners about how to maximize your success with a real estate broker? Yeah, just be persistent. Don't be a pest. Go take a look at who's doing investment properties in the area so you know you're vetting them and they're vetting you as well. You're making sure that it's a good fit. And uh, and then go target those folks. I mean, there's going to only be a handful of them in each one of the markets that you're in. And, um, you know, you don't have to chase all of them. You just want to focus on the two or three that do investment properties in the area that you want to invest in. And uh, go make it go make it happen. And really quickly, what's the best way to find the best ever broker in a market? Go on the internet and Google. You know, go look at their websites and, and see you know what they're doing. You know, the back end will tell you everything before you even pick up the phone. What do their listings look like? But what about even finding a list? So, is, because someone who's who's looking at a market for the first time. They might not even have a name to Google. So is, do you suggest going to LoopNet or do you suggest just Googling multifamily broker Tampa? That's a great way. And then, again, go to look at the listings on their site to see what they have. But LoopNet, you can achieve the same thing. If you're going to LoopNet, you certainly can you know, look at the apartment listings and see the names that keep popping up and the asset classes you want. We tend to focus on smaller asset classes, sub-institutional levels, less than 50 units. We've done some larger deals, but really our bread and butter tends to be those smaller uh, multifamily, smaller retail deals. And we probably would be a, a great fit for the institutional buyer that's coming from New York or coming from Europe that's looking to buy you know, Class A uh, properties in, in the area. There's other brokers that would be better in that area. But, I mean, that's, a, that's part of the process. You know, when you're looking at them, and we're looking at you and trying to decide whether that's really a good fit, you know, for for good fit for each other. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. And this has been a very straightforward conversation. You delivered exactly what you said you would do. And that's listing five ways to maximize your success with the real estate broker. First is convince them you can close by showing them you have financing lined up. So when you're meeting with him or her, show them that you've got proof of the ability to close, whether that's a bank statement, a commitment from a lender, whatever it is, but show you can close. You've got the financing lined up. Second, be very specific about what you're looking for. Serious buyers know what they're looking for. So I laughed at the example of that you gave of, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a house or a warehouse <laughs> it happens. or an office. I, I'm sure you've gotten that, but that's mind boggling to me. So be very specific about what you're looking for. You know, I'm looking for 150 unit property, multifamily properties, class B. I'm looking for kind of a cap rate of eight and uh, some sort of value add component. And here's the price range that I'm looking at. You know, be very specific about that. Third is sign up for their email list. Very simple. And then fourth is give them feedback on the emails that they're they're sending. I remember reading Multifamily Millions by Dave Lindahl, and he was talking about just giving feedback, just sim- what you just said, give feedback to the brokers, even if it's nowhere close to what you're looking for, because you're at least continuing the conversation and you're staying in touch with them, which is number five, be persistent about staying in touch with them. And email for you is the best method because time is the most precious resource that we have. And especially if you're working with somebody who is earning their money based on commissions, it's very valuable. So thank you so much, Eric. And what's the best ever place for the listeners to reach you? 
Yeah, best way is to probably on our podcast at investfloridashow.com or you can go to our website at ROI Commercial Property, ROI Commercial, I mean, I'm sorry, it's ROI Real Dot Estate. We just changed the uh, URL address <laughs> to make it easier. And now I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you also have a forwarding URL yeah, too exactly. in case you butcher it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Hope you have a best ever week. Joe, we appreciate you and your time and all you do for investors out there. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, join me in subscribing to the Family Office Podcast. The host, Richard Wilson, you can learn more about him, episode 447. The reason why you'll want to subscribe and listen to this podcast is he talks about how billionaire families think and how to attract the ultra wealthy into your business. The Family Office Podcast.